the Giants won their second straight game on Sunday. Who would have thunk? Uh, we talk about the victory, but the loss in the Chase Young Bowl with New York Post Giants beat writer Paul Schwartz. We're also joined by two-time Super Bowl champion and a hell of a pass rusher, the great Leonard Marshall. All that and more next on Blue Rush with the New York Post. <laughs> Welcome, welcome to Blue Rush, a New York Giants podcast with the New York Post. I'm your host, Jimmy Fallon. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts, rate us five stars, and write a nice review. We will gladly take it. Paul Schwartz and Leonard Marshall join the show today. Let's get it on. Here we go, here we go. Well, the good news, producer Jake Brown, is that the Giants beat the Redskins. Uh, the bad news, we also beat ourselves. Doesn't sound like Chase Young's coming to town. Yeah, and I, I had a, a Twitter war a little bit with one of our guests, Whoa. Lawrence Tynes, if you remember. Stop it. He's a pretty vocal guy. Yeah, not really a war, but he disagrees. And, and he's coming from the player's perspective. So there's the two sides of this as fans and and former players and the players on the field. Obviously, the players on the field, they want to win. Yep. You want to win that game. You don't think about the guy Chase Young. You, you play don't play to, to win, win the, the game. Yeah, I mean, you could hear that on gangs all here. I, I said to him, you know, Lawrence Tynes tweeted, I'm fo- unfollowing any Giants fan who tweets BS about the draft, blah, blah, blah. I said, there's two sides of it. You could be happy about Daniel Jones looking great. Mm-hmm. Jimmy, I mean, he had five touchdowns. He was incredible. Yeah. I don't know how much you take stock in doing against the Redskins defense that Tough. Lincoln Fail is throwing touchdown passes <laughs> against. Um, but I said, there's frustrations if you're a fan missing out in Young. He's a franchise-altering player. Yes. So you can be happy, but you can also be sad that they lost out on him. Yeah, because here's the thing. You don't need the Giants to win the game for you to win your, your fantasy football playoff. You don't need the Giants to win the game. They get five touchdowns out of Daniel. Only if Danny you bet Jones. them, which I think if yeah, you touch some that game, you're a degenerate. Yeah, you've got, a, you've got bigger issues than Chase Young coming to the Meadowlands next year, uh, to MetLife Stadium anyway. But, uh, yeah, a big fantasy day out of Saquon, big fantasy day out of Jones. But I really do think Lawrence Times needs to get back on the phone with us and explain how it helps us to lose out on well, Chase Well, he says Young. no one is ever frustrated with winning. What in the hell? Guarantee you not one person on the football sides in the building is upset that they won. Chase Young is a great college player. That's all we know at present. Oh, TBD. No, no, we don't, now, let me just jump in. We're not, well, I don't think in a, in a million years there's anybody on the team upset that they won because they're competitors. They're NFL football players. They have the drive to get to the NFL. We're dirtbags who are watching uh, football and eating wings and betting the games and yeah. consuming copious amounts of alcohol. We look at this from a different standpoint. So, yes, I concede the point to Lawrence Times that the locker room is happy today, but the fans live in some alternative universe. So there's a little frustration. That being said, hey, it's the holiday week. We've got Hanukkah kicking off today. We've got Christmas coming up. Mm-hmm. Both of us are about to eat our way into our third trimester of pregnancy. Uh, that's, that's me daily. Yeah, it's, it doesn't <laughs> I don't need a holiday good. for an it's, excuse. I was if it's walk- a day that ends in why I'm eating my pants. I was off. walking into the elevator before, and someone was like, Governor Christie, it's so nice to meet you. I mean, a shout-out to oh, him. He's Fupa a great City? I didn't, I didn't realize yeah, I'm, that. I'm a, I'm, I'm a little chunky monkey myself. I, I Listen, I can slang all the fat jokes I want because I don't exactly have a swimsuit calendar coming out. You know certain people can use certain words because of their ethnicity or their orientation. We can use fat. Yeah, I mean, we just we're bought into it. We wear turtlenecks sweaters that cover our neck, or, or whatever the, the whatever you're doing right now. And I got uh, all kinds look. of I got all kinds of stuff going on. But I will say this: it, it was a positive, and, and for Giants fans, if we could wreck the Eagles' season, 
That would be fun. Yeah. Now, now that you lost out on Chase Young, it's like, screw it. Let's win this game. Yeah, like, you ruin it. Ruin it for Doug Peterson and the boys. Uh, ruin it for Carson Wentz, who, you know, wasn't great yesterday. He's good enough. The Cowboys, I mean, what a joke that team is. I mean, the most underachieving team that you may ever see with the talent that they have. And So thank you. And having heard that come out of your mouth, can we all stop about these back-channel rumors about Jason Garrett? Why would we want Jason Garrett? No, no, no. He's no, got no. so much talent. They've, no one has done less with more in the last 10 years in the NFL than Jason Garrett. Nobody. No clappy in New York, please. I, I think <laughs> it's Ron Rivera, it seems like, is the obvious choice if Gettleman stays. And that's something I'm sure in January we'll be talking about. I mean, who knows how quickly they will make the hire? Who knows yeah. if it happens a week after the season? But the assumption is the day after the season, after Paul after Paul Schwartz, after yeah, Pat Shermer. <laughs> he'll celebrate too the eighth yeah. night of Hanukkah, but but Pat Shermer will not be celebrating the eighth night of Hanukkah because he'll be canned. Yep. You'd assume what? The day after do you think Monday morning that's he's gone? usually Black Monday around the league, but yeah. here's the thing. On the off chance that they close with three straight wins and a big one over the Eagles, maybe he buys himself I some goodwill. So. I don't know. This is a franchise that champions continuity. Maybe. I don't a know. Five and 11, yeah, two under, hey, uh, just bad season. I'll, I don't know about underachieving because last year you uh-huh. expected them not to I'll, be great, but this I'll, was underachieving. It was definitely underachieving. But I can tell you who would save his job, who could save his job. I'm not saying he wants to, but uh, Daniel Flip Cup Jones. Oh, how about that? I mean, wow. the video comes out. There was, I was listening on the train. I didn't hear music, so I uh-huh. see him moving. I don't think there was music in the video, so whoever no. took that video, poor job, because yeah. I want to see what he's grooving to. Yeah, what's going on? But how about Eli Manning there, too? I mean, if, if there was video of Eli and Daniel Jones doing the cha-cha slide, uh, Mom, don't even send me Christmas presents. <laughs> That's the present. <laughs> I mean, who wouldn't want to watch those two get down and get boogieing on the dance floor? Well, Yeah, because we all know about that fancy Eli footwork. Oh, I, I can't imagine I Eli... I can see Eli being a great dancer. No, but that's, that's, no, listen to me. I love Eli as a great human. He is a great quarterback. He is an all-time great giant. Uh, but he, no, Eli Manning in terms of dancing is, is a no-go. Well, There's soon no he'll way. be free. He might be hired for to be bar mitzvah dancer. <laughs> go, go dancer at a bar mitzvah. Who he, knows? He could do it all. Uh, <laughs> Mighty 10. Uh, but I will say this. If the Giants somehow beat the Eagles, ruin their season, and Daniel Jones were to say, hey, I really liked playing for Pat Shermer. I like running this offense. Could we keep him around? I guarantee you he stays. I would uh, bet you anything he stays. I think there's no chance he stays, man. I think they have to go another direction. I don't think anyone's happy with but, the job he's but, done. But, and he's looked lost at but times. stick with me. But stick with me. I agree on all of those points. Mm-hmm. But don't you think there's a world where Daniel Jones is the franchise QB has enough say? No. To keep his guy. You don't no. think so. He, he's been here less. He's been less but than he's a year. The guy. It doesn't matter. Did, I don't, you, it, did you see those flip cups? <laughs> did you, you obviously didn't watch the game. If you saw the if you saw the game, you'd say this is a guy we can bank on. Hoboken, not, not a lot of guys go into Hoboken at 2 in the morning and live to tell the yeah, tale. Yeah, I mean, how about getting there? I mean, that was a quick day. You know that Amtrak goes quick. If they yeah. took Amtrak, he got up there quick. You know, he changed clothes and, and got his uh, his groove on. <laughs> I need, to, we need video. There needs to be a TMZ leak of yeah. DJ on the, yeah, the where are floor. they? Where are they at this point? But I will say this. Uh, it was a good day. Your boy Saquon was good. Were you in fantasy football yesterday? Did you start Saquon? I had lost by point seven the week prior to uh, get to the championship, but I do. I did win. I'm crushing my guy for the third place, so I went 100 bucks. All right. And I won a consolation in my other, in my other league, so I'll have the first pick in the draft next year. So I, I did a couple of little wins, the 100. I'll go get Happy Birthday Mama Brown today. I'll go get Mama Brown a gift, and I'll get Papa Brown a Christmas gift. And- you can you can bring the gifts into the prison? They don't care? <laughs> Paul, that's so silly. No, I bring it into the JCC, the Jewish Community Center. Well, well you know where I'll be. I will be uh, in New York uh, for Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. 
Thoughts then, but then we head out. There you go. I'll be in Levittown, yeah. And then we head out to uh, Ohio, to the Buckeye State, oh. where the Buckeyes, Chase Young, will be uh, suiting up against Clemson this weekend on the 28th. And the that- Giants said, here you go. Here's your Christmas present. You take an elite pass rusher. Yeah, we'll take uh, Judy. Everyone's saying they're going to get that guy, Judy. Yeah. Uh, maybe they get an offensive lineman. It's it's going to be a second-tier player, most likely, yep. compared to the Young. But, hey, you're still uh, listen to the bright side. And I know Giants fans want to be negative like us for not getting him. You're going to be a top five pick. You're going to get a pretty great, hopefully franchise changing player. Yeah, and you have a quarterback. It seems I know. I know it's the Redskins, but you've seen enough signs now. I've been up and down on him, but you've seen signs that Daniel Jones is going to be your starter next year. And if you put an offensive line around him and you get that defense fixed, yep. this could be a team on the rise. But there's a lot of pieces that need a move to make that happen. Yes, and on the bright side, if we don't draft this uh, game changing pass rusher. We're also going to guarantee ourselves a top five pick again next year. <laughs> Maybe a top like three. Vu, Can somebody hit a quarterback? Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, they made the Redskins offense look much better than they actually are. They and really Dwayne were. Haskins is he's showing some promising signs as well for the Redskins. He's he, got a big arm. He's got room to grow. But again, if you put pieces around him, I think they have their guy in, in Washington. Yep, they have their guy. They might have Chase Young and Urban Meyer to go with him. So uh, what a wild time to be a Redskins fan, huh? Uh, listen, man. Happy holidays to you. I know we've got a guy who was in the locker room last night. Let's find out if he was flipping cups in Hoboken. Joining me now to explain how this could even be possible. I'm talking about a two-game winning streak. It's Giants beat reporter Paul Schwartz. What's happening, Paul Schwartz? Is this the Giants winning machine? How are we going to deal with this? Um, We've dealt with a lot of adversity, Jimmy. How are we going to deal with this prosperity? Danny Dimes isn't handling it well. I don't know if you saw those dance moves in Hoboken last night, Paul Schwartz. You have members of the Giants partying all night in a New Jersey nightclub. Um, This exclusive video comes out, and it's really appalling. I mean, the the fact that Eli Manning would lead Daniel Jones down this, you know, pathway of um, depravity is really something that the entire organization has to look for. And um, I think when the pictures of those videos come out, um, you know, there's going to be hell to pay in the organization. (laughs) Well, listen, I'd like to think a five-touchdown game buys you certain liberties around town. You know, it certainly worked well for Joe Namath, even though he had gotten all the way to a Super Bowl. He was no stranger to, uh, you know, chasing the nightlife. I was first, seriously, uh, I, I don't care who they put up that many points against. You have to be excited watching yesterday's game, no? I, I will say, though, that I heard Joe Namath in his day was a really, really serious uh, flip cup uh, champion. And so, um, you know, uh, uh, Eli Manning and Daniel Jones, they got they have a lot to live up to to, to uh, claim the Flip Cup New York quarterback uh, championship from a Broadway Joe. No, they, look, look, I mean, yes, the, the Sunday's game, I know, understand they, they drop in the draft for 2020 and they, they, you know, very likely put themselves out of the running for Chase Young. But you know what? I, I, I My message to fans would be get over it. Don't worry about things that are irrelevant like, should I root for my team to win or lose today? Because here is a little hint. The teams always, the players and the coaches always try to win. I mean, virtually always, unless you're in a an unbelievable one-game tank situation for David Robinson or Patrick Ewing or something like that. It really doesn't work in football. And look, Pat Shermer needs to squeeze every win out of this season he can to, to have a, a keeping his job. And, and don't tell Daniel Jones, who had a personal eight-game starting losing streak anything about 
it would have been better for you guys to win. If they had lost that game, if the Redskins had scored in the last minute there, right, in regulation and gone for two, and won the, Daniel Jones would have had his four touchdown passes and a great game, and everyone could have scored. Daniel Jones is a terrific quarterback and somebody to build on, but we still are in the running for Chase Young. And Daniel Jones would have been miserable the entire train ride home. And you know what? Might not have gone out. The, the way this season has gone, we just got to take whatever positives we can get. So I do I do agree with you there. Um, let me ask you this. Uh, the guy the Giants, you know, had considered drafting was playing on the other side of the field, at least for most of the most of the first half anyway. Uh, what did you think of Dwayne Haskins yesterday? I thought I thought he looked good. Look, we knew that when he came into the game in week four, he was not ready to play. Uh, Jay Gruden, the coach who got fired two games after that, knew he wasn't ready to play, did not want to play him, wanted the veteran Case Keenum in there. And so, uh, you know, Dwayne has had one year at Ohio State, one fantastic record-breaking year, and he was not ready to play in the NFL. So that was not the real Dwayne Haskins. Uh, he looked much better. You know, I think they're keeping things simple for him. Also, we have to put a asterisk on this because it's against the Giants, you know, secondary. And, um, you know, they they are the um, Band-Aids or any quarterbacks who are struggling. You know, they, they, they pump up every passer rating there is week to week. But he looked fine. I mean, I mean, I, and you know what, Jimmy, having said that, I think the Giants – 101 out of 100 times would go through that draft and draft Daniel Jones again. Wow. There you go. That's high praise. Uh, well, the other guy they drafted won a lot of people their fantasy football playoffs if they started him yesterday. Saquon Barkley had a big day for Big Blue. Fine. It's about time we needed one of those. Uh, you had to be thrilled with what you saw there. Well, he broke um, Tiki Barber's uh, yards from scrimmage record, franchise record, uh, in his second season. That's pretty good. Yeah, no, look, Saquon... We, you know what, we've talked about this week to week, Jimmy, and we kind of, you know, we didn't forget, but look, you get lulled into it when Saquon is not running great, then he's out a few games, and he's coming back off his high ankle sprain, and he's not the same. Tiki Barber told me when Saquon was hurt, it's the mental aspect when you come back from an injury that is worse than the physical aspect because you don't trust it. You don't trust your leg, your ankle, it's going to hold up. You worry about where the hit is coming, and Saquon grudgingly admitted that was true, so the last two games, we've seen the real Saquon when he's healthy. He's the best running back in the league. And look, for one game, that game in in in, in uh, Landover, Daniel Jones was great. Saquon Barkley was great. And there is hope for the future with those two guys. Yeah, I will say so. Although next time they rush against the Redskins, he might have to get around Chase Young, unfortunately, which will make it a little bit tougher. But uh, listen, I'm encouraged. Uh, you know, I'm the eternal optimist. You guys have been beating me senseless all year. But I would love, I mean, I'd love nothing more than the ruin the Eagles season next week. I mean, what are the odds we do that? Well, that is the interesting thing now, right? You know, beating the Dolphins and beating the Redskins. Okay, that's 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 what the Giants are supposed to do. And that's what ownership, you know, weeks ago was so upset about that they couldn't beat the Jets and they couldn't beat the Lions. Uh, you know, and, and, you know, losses that might cost Pat Shermer likely will cost Pat Shermer his job. You know, the, the no-show in the first half against the Cardinals. These are non-playoff teams. The Eagles take the field on an honest playing field. They know they need to win a game. They can't scoreboard watch. So if the Giants can pull off this at MetLife Stadium and if they can knock the Eagles out of the playoffs, uh, that will be very interesting. Uh, we'll see how that resonates with Giants' ownership. Uh, the odds, I don't think, are great. But look, the Eagles, uh, the, the, you know, the Giants took the Eagles to overtime in Philly not long ago. and uh, But the Eagles are playing for something. The Giants are playing to 
finish strong and then, you know, uh, pack up their bags and leave. That's usually not a great motivator. So, but if it happens, it would be an upset. It would be a big upset and it would resonate in the league. And it'll be interesting to see if it resonates up in the uh, owner's box. And we certainly do owe them one. Uh, Paul Schwartz, this was not an upset. You were heavily favored to win this podcast and you have going away. Happy holidays. Uh, Happy Hanukkah. Merry Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa. uh, Everything to the Schwartzes. Uh, we've been thrilled with your development as a podcast quarterback this year, Paul Schwartz. That's all I'll say. You know what, Jimmy? That's high praise coming from you. And um, I think I'm going to go celebrate by some cup flip, some um, some uh, good, honest, fun and games. I'll try to tuck myself in by 2 a.m. And, um, you know, let's try to do this again in 2020. Love it. Broadway Paul. There he goes, everybody. Uh, happy holidays, buddy. I'll see you soon. Joining us now on the show is a two-time Super Bowl champion, two-time Pro Bowler, third all-time leader in sacks on the Giants, and he famously almost killed Joe Montana in the 1990 NFC Championship game. Leonard Marshall joins us on Blue Rush. Good morning, Leonard Marshall. Good morning, guys. How y'all doing this morning? Uh, better now. It's always good when Leonard Marshall comes on. It's like chicken soup for the soul, you know? Oh, you're so kind. You're so kind. It's a big Thank deal. You. Happy holidays. What is a Leonard Marshall Christmas looking like? Are you ramping up to the big eating, or or are you already in the zone? Well, I used to do the big eating, big eating when I was playing football, but, you know, now I had to cut back on that kind of stuff, you know, to change the lifestyle a little bit, and, uh, Focus more on family fun and, uh, and uh, you know, financial obligations and activities within the household. So um, my focus is a little bit different than when I was playing football. Okay, you're playing, you're, you're playing defense. Well, uh, in, in addition to the holidays, uh, you could be celebrating a big, a big playoff win for your LSU Tigers this Saturday. You know, I am. That's funny you bring that up. I am. I'm actually so proud of Joe, uh, Joe Burrow. But winning the Heisman Trophy, I said, you know, it's been a long time since LSU's had a quarterback to play as well as this gentleman played this, this past football season. And kudos, my hats off to him as a former LSU MVP, the 1982 uh, uh, LSU Tigers and Percy Roberts Award winner. I congrat him and salute him for his efforts this past football season. And you feel good about them taking on Oklahoma this weekend? You know, I do. Uh, for the first time in a long time, I've actually gone into a game, you know, overly optimistic and uh, and poised to uh, to not only watch them play offense, but to also watch them play uh, a real good defense. And uh, uh, I think this football team is sound. I think that Coach Ogeron has done a fantastic job uh, from Sam Mater uh, on up. And, and Sam's the guy that nobody knows about, uh, but yet he's the puppet master at LSU. And he's been there as long as I've known him, uh, for almost, uh, almost, uh, I don't know, almost 40 years that I've known Dr. Nader. He's, uh, he's done an outstanding job with not only recruiting, you know, good talent, but men of character and men of integrity. And, uh, and that speaks volumes to the program that they feel at LSU. Yep. They got a, they got a great program. Uh, we'll, we'll back up here in the NFL. Uh, you are obviously one of the best pass rushers any of us have ever seen. Our Giants beat the Redskins yesterday and lost out on Chase Young from Ohio State. We lost the draft position that would have allowed us to bring what many people consider the most transformative player in the draft. Uh, what do the Giants got to do to get back to the Leonard Marshall LT hit the quarterback days? I think I think the coaching style has to change. You know, I was talking to uh, someone inside the program who has a lot of knowledge of what's going on, and I think the style of coaching needs to change a little bit. I think these kids are, are, are prima donnas. 
I think these kids have not been um, um, uh, challenged and tested the way that we were by the likes of a Bill Parcells and a Bill Belichick and, and some of their assistants from Romeo Cornell to Tom, um, Tom Coughlin to, uh, to Ron Earhart to, uh, uh, you know, Al Groh and a number of guys. I didn't keep naming guys, Charlie Weiss and so forth and so on. But, you know, today's football player is a lot different than yesterday's football player. And that guys really want to play the game to be good. Today, these guys want to play the game to get money. And uh, when you become good, you get money. So a lot of them don't need, you know, need to kind of understand that and, and comprehend and digest that and, and let that be their calling card versus, uh, you know, how much dough they got, you know, what hot mile they're dating, you know, what hot new whip they're driving and so forth and so on. You can follow Leonard on Twitter at LeonardMarsha70. You talk about coaches now, Leonard. Can you take us inside the world of the completely two sides of the spectrum from a guy like Pat Shermer to a guy like Bill Parcells? I mean, it's two different worlds from the coaches now and a guy like him versus Parcells. Well, I'll start with Parcells first. And my first game in the league, you know, you know, Bill Parcells made a statement in the locker room. There's only going to be one fat guy around and that's going to be me. You know, so I don't want big fat linemen, whether it be offensive or defensive linemen. I want guys that are fit, that can play 60 minutes of quality football, that are hitting me in the face and then there to be tested. And um, and those are the kind of guys he's drafted and surrounded us with as teammates. Um, I think if you look at the character of player and the intensity of player today versus the guys that played when I played, uh, you're talking to different people. Um, the one thing that I'll tell people, and I tell people this all the time, Integrity in football, I learned from Bill Belichick. Uh, trust what you see, trust what you hear, um, and um, uh, let your eyes be your calling card in terms of uh, becoming a playmaker. You know, for me to play in a 3-4 defense as long as I did in the average nine sacks a season uh, for 10 years as a giant, you know, it, you know, it's unheard of. You know, to be, to be, um, lead the NFL in sacks, uh, going into week 15, week 14, week 12 uh, on three different occasions playing in a 3-4 defense speaks volumes to the coaching style and what the toughness that Bill Parcells taught me as a player. Um, I think the same thing applies to the rest of my teammates. You know, we had a quarterback who could play and throw football no matter what the weather was inside Giant Stadium. Bill Sims was the most accurate passer probably the history of a, a giant organization. This guy could play in whatever weather there was. It didn't matter, you know, whether it was snowing, sleet, rain, whatever, 20 degrees, minus, minus 8 degrees. It didn't matter. You know, so that player is no longer playing football uh, because these kids now, you know, they they, they have a bubble to practice in. They have a, they have a dome practice facility. They have a um, – uh, they don't hit – there's very limited contact between linemen, back, linebackers, and receivers. Um, there's only 14 days of contact once the season begins. So it's a lot different football now than when I played. Well, well I would agree. But, it, but it's interesting, though, because you do bring up the fact that there's less contact now. And I know a lot of that is being done in the, num- in the name of preserving these guys uh, in, in maybe in a way that you guys weren't preserved. They weren't as cautious with you guys during your playing days. And, and you've famously been very open about the fact that you suffer from CTE. Um, do you? Th- I I would imagine you think it's a good thing that they have less contact in practice now. I think it's I think it's a good thing. 
that you don't, and without being hypocritical, however, to play top quality lineman football in the NFL, I think you have to have linemen hit each other in order to 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 get the speed of the game down, to get to the intensity uh, down that that's required to play the position position by position uh, with integrity. I I think you need I need I think you need to have that. You need to have a little bit more of it. Now I don't know how they get there. I don't know how they do that, but I think that there needs to be a little bit more of that. I think the in-the-face style, not so much um, 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 the contact for skill position people, but I think the in-the-face style of coaching, you know. Let a guy know he made that mistake. Let a guy know you're not going to tolerate that. Let a guy know it's unacceptable. And, and that you expect more you expect more from him. Let me ask you this, because, uh, you know, you have been outspoken um, about the league not doing enough uh, to combat CTE and players of your generation. Do you think that's one of the reasons you're not in the Giants' ring of honor? Because, I mean, you, across the board, hands down, one of the greatest Giants who've ever lived. Do you think your outspoken criticism of the league has hurt you in terms of your ability uh, to become enshrined in the Giants' ring of honor? You know, I, you know, I, I, I kind of sort of think that. I don't want to believe that because I think that, you know, when when you look back on the powers that be and the, the gentlemen that are running the football team now, I mean, I, I would believe these men have a lot of respect for what I did as a player, both on and off the field within the community and the surrounding area, and what I continue to do to support the New York Football Giants um, and 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 the entire Giant operation. I think that I think that yes, I have been a little bit outspoken about it because I feel like I have a platform which allows me to do that and to help my brothers who can't help themselves. There are not a lot of guys that were like Leonard Marshall and Lawrence Taylor uh, on our football team that that commanded such attention. Some of those guys are the ones that are hurting um, uh, more or less and hurting real bad because of debilitating uh, injury to the body and injury to their head. So if I can help a guy by talking about it and not hurt the organization, so be it. I'm not here to change the way the NFL does their business or to force the NFL to change to do their business. I'm just saying, think about the guys who played the game. Think about what they invested, you know, from, from, from being a player to transitioning, and then understand their plight, you know, just a little bit, understand their plight. And if you have a little bit of compassion in your heart, in your mind, and with the spirit of, of, of what we're going through right now, you might want to you might want to step up to the plate and swing the bat a little bit. And, Leonard, you had Congressman Bill Pascrell Jr. send a letter to John Mara about this and how you should be recognized and how you've spoken up, and maybe that's hurt your case has Ma- have you gotten a reaction from Mara? Has he read it? Has he said anything back to you guys? Well, to be to be to, to be uh, frank about it, I didn't requ- request Congressman Pascrell to write any letter. A friend brought that letter to my attention, and a friend of of Congressman Pascrell brought that letter to my attention and said, "Did you know this was in this was out there, and that this letter was sent on your behalf?" And I obviously answered no because you know I I you know I don't the congressman on a daily basis, but you know, or to the congressman on a daily basis, but he and I have crossed paths and um, and have worked together. And uh, you know, a lot of the people that respect what I did in the uniform, 
attended those games. They watched me work. They watched, you know, the likes of my teammates work. And they respect that. And all I think they demand and ask for is that the mutual respect that they give is acknowledged and received and also displayed and conveyed to the public who buy season tickets and support the Giants organization. Yep, no, I, I agree with that. I think these are all fair points, um, I, and I think you have obviously a very valid concern having invested so much of your body and your time in the league. Uh, take us inside what I would consider to be uh, one of the best highlights of your career, that hit you put on Joe Montana, which really took him out of football for nearly two seasons after that. Was that your most exciting sack of your career? I think I can look back on several football plays. I can look back on the 17 nothing win the third time we beat the Redskins inside of uh, Giant Stadium then. Uh, and the sack of Jay Strader where I separated him from the football Jim Burt recovers the ball for touchdown, and uh, we went out. We went out our third for the third time. We win the NFC Conference Championship and go on to play um, in the Super Bowl uh, to play the Denver Broncos. That's an exciting moment in my career, no doubt. The Montana football play and the chance to to advance the championship game in Tampa was one of the most exciting football plays in my career. But when I look back over the entire career. Every one of these football plays that I was able to make, uh, I was able to combine and make with Lawrence Taylor. You know, people don't, people don't seem to remember. I played opposite probably the best linebacker in football. Now, there's, there's no way he could have done that by himself. But the fact that I played opposite probably the best linebacker in football, there's another guy that played to my left as an inside linebacker who's also in the Hall of Fame by the name of Harry Carson. So if you look at the right side of our defense, over the 10 years I was with the Giants, eight of those 10 years I played with Harry Carson, and 10 of those years I played with Lawrence Taylor. And you look at the way that, that football team played and that defense played, you know, there's a legitimate argument that we are uh, the, the, what do you want to call it, the Rock of Gibraltar, uh, the Giants, or whatever you want to call it, the, 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 the three blocks of granite, whatever you want to call it. Uh, you know, I think that, that what we did as players uh, on defense for the New York football Giants is no doubt something that will never be witnessed or evidenced again by three significant players over a period of time that we did. Yep. Well, listen, I'm going to throw my weight around and get you into that ring of honor because you don't know this about me, but I'm responsible for about 20% of the Giants' hot dog stands at the concession stand. <laughs> so. So me, me and me and Jake Brown are gonna, you know, we're gonna think outside the bun on We've this. We've consumed one. about ninety nine percent of those hot dogs. Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna get to the bottom of this, Leonard Marshall. But we I appreciate you joining us on the show. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. We'll see you soon, Leonard. Take care. Same to you guys. All right, love you. That's it for this episode of Blue Rush. Thanks to Jake Brown for producing the pants off of this thing. Listen to all episodes of Blue Rush by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any of your preferred podcast platforms. You can find more Giants news by signing up for our daily New York Post sports newsletter and by visiting NewYorkPost.com. We'll be back Thursday previewing the Giants' season finale against the Eagles. Happy Hanukkah. Merry Christmas, everyone. See you Thursday. Thursday.